Hallelujah and hello family. I am so glad that you are here today. So I hope you're doing good. How are you? I want to say that. How are you? I can't hear your response, but I pray that you are doing well. Um, if this is your first time here, um, welcome. I'm so glad you had an opportunity to just stop by. Just be sure to check back every uh, week or so um, to listen for and check for new episodes. We are currently in the book of Romans and we are wrapping up um, this, this last day of the year with Romans chapter. 15. So this is a, I know that it's a podcast. Um, so, but I do actually encourage you to, if you can, you can listen to it. If you're not able to right now, just passively, uh, listen, um, for right now, but I would encourage you to grab your Bible and actually listen to this because it's designed to be interactive. So it's like me, you, and the Holy spirit together doing Bible study together. Again, I thank you for doing Bible study with me. So if you have to pause the, uh, the actual podcast, Go ahead and do so right now. And what will you need? You can grab, uh, first of all, you actually will need some time and you can break this up. You know, you don't have to listen to the whole thing all at once if you're short on time, but it is best if you can go ahead and dedicate about an hour um, to go ahead and listen to this and it will be possibly broken up into two episodes. So of course you need time. Also, if you have access to the internet, which I hope you do, um, you have a website called biblegateway.com go up there and then click the different translations go ahead and put in Romans chapter 15 and then under the translations tab go ahead and look for the expanded Bible or it'll start with E expanded Bible that's the version that I'm going to be um, using today you can also find um, possibly can find it on the Google Play Store or the iOS Store um, some type of Bible app you can buy in hard copy uh, on on Amazon and if you like Kindle which I do you can find an actual version of it um, on Kindle so with that said uh, it is best that you have it otherwise you can use your other translation and just write notes as you hear me speak so you would need your that and you would need your highlighters your journals your pens your pencils um, your tablet on Amazon, um, the Kindle version is $15.49 for the expanded Bible. That's the Kindle edition. The hardcover, I don't know why. I have the hardcover of the New Testament only. Um, but the the entire Bible, it's a little pricey. So it's up to you. I want to encourage you to do what you can do. So let's start off. We always start off by going into our scripturally focused breathing routine. That just helps us to settle down and just breathe and just just settle ourselves in God okay and so the way we do this is we inhale through our nostrils and we exhale through our nostrils I usually inhale for about three and then I exhale slowly and then we read the scriptures in between using our mind and settling our spirits and the Holy Spirit, allowing him to highlight and emphasize words for us. So we will be looking at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's where we're going to focus on. So if you want to pause this and, and, and grab that, put it in front of you, you can, or you can just listen to it. So let's just go ahead. That first breath, breathe in through your nostrils, nice and slow for three. Exhale slowly for seven. Now the word for uh, spirit, a good word, if you'll write this down in your journal, is R-U-A-C-H, which sounds like ruah. You know, it sounds like the C is silent. Uh, that is an actual Hebrew word. And then the Greek word is, write this down, P-N-E-U-M-A, which means wind, breath, or spirit. And you can find this on Got. 
questions.org. Now the Hebrew word the Ruach means wind, breath, or spirit. And the corresponding word, as I mentioned, is pneuma. Both words are commonly used in passages referring to the Holy Spirit. So the, the word first used in the Bible appears in the second verse where it reads, The Spirit of God, or in other words, Ruach Elohim, was hovering over over the waters. You can find that in Genesis 1 and 2. And then in Genesis 6:17 it says that it's translated as the breath of life. So that's the part that we're focusing in on today when we breathe in like you just did and exhale. It's God's very breath that's in our bodies that sustains us and keeps us. That's why I love that scripture. In him we live and we move and we have our being. So God is, is the one who's giving us the very life. His, it's his ruah. It's his breath. So let's breathe in again. Inhale for three. Exhale for seven. Let's read the scripture. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord or trust in Jehovah with all thy heart and lean not upon thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Inhale for three. Exhale slowly. To read it again each time we'll, we'll read it slower and slower trust in Jehovah with all thy heart and lean not upon thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths inhale for three exhale for seven seconds let's read it again Trust in Jehovah with all thy heart and lean not upon thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Inhale for three. Exhale for seven. Last reading this time. Allow the Holy Spirit to emphasize certain words for you. And if you have certain words that you hear, write them down on your journal or note them in your device. Trust in Jehovah with all thy heart. Lean not upon thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. That's from the American Standard Version. So I hope you can even sense the Holy Spirit that he's with you right now. Even as we just, you know, just saturate and take in his presence. Let's go ahead and enter into prayer. We want to ask God to breathe upon us as we read his holy word, which is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. So we're going to read on this last day of the year, the Lord's Prayer. Let's recite this together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so we've we've sat and we've stilled ourselves. We've stilled our minds. We've prayed together. And so let's worship together before we open up his holy word. And so when we worship, we hear that word so often. And, you know, it's used one way in the Old Testament. And then you can see it defined in another way in the New Testament. 
but you could actually even combine the two. So whenever you see the word worship, or not whenever, there are times I'll say that this particular word shaka, or it's S-A-H-A, is the transliteration. Write down in your journal Strong's H, which stands for Hebrew, 7812. Now here are the ways that you will see defined in the Old Testament. 99 times it's defined as bow. 31 times is defined as bow down. Eight times it's defined as obeisance. Uh, nine times, I'm sorry, nine times it is, uh, five, I'm sorry, five times is defined as reverence. Three times is defined as fall down. Two times as themselves. One time as stoop, another time as crouch, and then three times miscellaneously it's used. That's just the Old Testament. Okay, so what does that tell us? That when we kneel, when we bow down, that's a way of taking our body. When we stoop, when we crouch, when we lie prostrate before the Lord, we are, in a sense, we're worshiping him. Not in a sense, we are worshiping him. And again, that's the Old Testament. Let me repeat that for you. H. 7812. If you have a strong concordance, you can find that on the internet. You can find an, a free app that says Strong's Dictionary. Now, here's how it's defined in the New Testament. Um, in the New Testament, it's used as a verb and a noun, uh, as worship or worshiping. And again, we hear that, see that word to make obeisance or reverence. Or it's from the word P-R-O-S, prose, which means towards, and K-U-N-E-O, which means to kiss. So if we put those together, it's when we worship, we kiss towards the Father. That's good. And then the, it's, it's used that way in the New Testament. It is an act of homage or reverence. It's when we know that we, we come in and in, just like in the Old Testament, we bow before him, we kiss towards him. And so even today, we use our words, we lift up a voice, we express our heart and our love to God in worship through song, through giving, through worship is found. You could do it in so many ways, but I gave you the literal um, definition of that word in the Old and the New Testament. And so we're going to base it, it today, our worship on Psalm 29:2, where it reads, give to Jehovah the glory of his name. Worship Jehovah in the majesty, listen to that, of holiness. So we're just going to sing a few lines of this song that has just been in my spirit. I want you to find it on Pandora or your any of your music apps, Apple, um, actually Spotify. That's a great place to find this song. And it's written by, um, it's performed by Bethel Music. And I think believe it might be originally written, written by them. Um, but it's titled The Goodness of God the goodness of God. Let me read you the words first. He says, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. And then he says, all right. He also says here, and you can just hear it in the back background, but here, let me continue. It says from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And then it says, in all my life, you have been faithful. In all my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And that's just the first part of the song. For sake of time, we won't go to the next part, but it just goes to show you how good God is truly is so just um like i said you can check it out on um spotify and then maybe some of your other music apps but it just says let's sing this together i love you lord for your mercy never fails me and all my days i've been held in your hands from the moment that i wake up until I lay my head, 
Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Listen to this last part. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. So just worship him right now. Use your own words right now and we're just reminded even through this song how good God really is. We lift up a hallelujah to him. We praise, we exalt him. Lift up your hands right where you are. If you want to bow down pay and pay reverence to who he is. He is the great, great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we continue on. As we do Bible study, it's always good to look at our motivation and why we do what we do. Um, I like to look at John 17, 3 as a reminder, and it says, and this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with and understand you, the only true and real God. And likewise, to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. That's John 17, verse 3. And that's our why. We do it because we want to just know God. We want to get to know him and develop that holy, majestic, reverent relationship with him. And then another place is why we do this is Acts 29 30, Acts 8, 29, verse 32, and I'm reading from the voice translation. You can also find that on uh, Bible Gateway. And it reads, verse 29, Philip received another prompting from the Holy Spirit. So in this chapter, it's um, going to talk about an occasion where Philip um, is going to interact with an Ethiopian high official of Candace the Queen. So let's check what it says. So in verse um, 29, Philip received another prompting from the Holy Spirit. Here's the Holy Spirit. Go over to the chariot and climb on board. Then on first, verse 30, he, so he started running until he was even with the chariot. Philip heard the Ethiopian reading aloud and recognized the words from the prophet Isaiah. And then Philip says to him, do you understand the meaning of what you're reading? The opian. I'm sorry, the Ethiopian, how can I understand unless I have a mentor? And then he invited Philip to sit in the chariot. And then here's the passage he was reading from this Hebrew scripture. So you can continue that on your own. Why did we read this? Because there might be times when there's an Ethiopian eunuch in your life and that they need explaining of the scriptures. And so as you learn, God will bring people in your life that you can help teach. So, you know, be confident in that. As you learn the scriptures, teach what you know. That's how we go and that's how we make disciples. Also, we do this because like Acts 17, 10 through 11 says, be like the Bereans. We reason together. We search the scriptures to see and to understand. So that's why we do what we do. So for this week, we are going to look at a name of God. And so the names of God, um, there's a book called The Hunter Names of God, Daily Devotion by Christopher Hudson. And so the name that I'm going to focus on, we can focus on this week is El Haggadol. And it kind of sounds like you're saying hug, hug a doll, but it's really El Haggadol, which means the great God. My goodness, that is so powerful. And that's based on Deuteronomy 10, verse 17. One scripture based on that. And it's for Jehovah your God. He is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the fearful God. 
and then the rest of that you can continue. But let me read that again. For Jehovah, your God, he is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the fearful God. And then dot, dot, dot. There's more to that verse. You know, that's El Hagadol. He is the God of gods. He's great. He's mighty. He's Elohim, the creator of the universe. And so just know that as you're going through life and you're faced with these different challenges, that if you're saved, you have the great, the mighty, the El Haggadah operating in your life. So we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. I hope you've had an opportunity to just go to Bible Gateway or if even if you're using your Bible, I pray the Holy Spirit will help you to even see the connection between my translation and yours. Again, that's the expanded Bible and you can find that on Bible Gateway. Now, before we do, I'm going to give you a re quick recap of Romans chapter 14. I will put that up also on this channel, on this podcast, so you can go back. But for right now, for those of you who have not studied that, I'm going to recap for you uh, what actual Romans 14 was about. And this note comes from the voice translation. Again, Bible Gateway, Bible Gateway. All right. And it reads, Paul says he's a free to eat, but he's not free to injure another and in what he eats, personal freedom must always give way to corporate responsibility. To put it another way, the gospel of love demands that we surrender individual liberties for the sake of our brothers and sisters. We see this demonstrated powerfully in the example of Jesus who gave up his life and freedom for the sake of the world. When we live by this ethic, we create a community marked by warmth and hospitality, food, drink, and holidays may well be personal options within the kingdom, but justice, peace, and joy are communal essentials for life in the kingdom. So in other words, from Romans 14, there are some situations that we don't have to agree on. We don't need to argue over you either because we don't agree. But then there are some things that are universal, like peace, joy, the essentials of life, those things we do come to an agreement on. And most of all, what God says, his commands, those things we have to be in agreement with each other and with God. So here's an overview you can write down in, and you can pause this um, and rewind, do whatever you need to do to hear it again. So Romans chapter 15, this overview is from the disciples, literal new Testament. So here are several sections we're going to look, look at today. Be pleasing your neighbor, for even Christ didn't please himself as it is written. See if you'll hear that when we read. The next section, for scripture was written to give us hope as we endure in this. That's good. Um, the next one, may God help you all to think the same thing to his glory. So he's going to, we're going to read about unity. Then therefore accept one another as Christ has accepted you, both Jew and Gentile. That's a good one to remember as well. And then our last few sections, peace and joy to you all. We'll hear that in this chapter. And then brothers, I wrote to you as a minister of Christ to the Gentiles serving the gospel. The next section, my ministry to the gospel to Gentiles who have not heard is my boast and my ambition. That's a good one. And then pursuing this ministry, I hope to come to you on the way to Spain. So we're going to hear Paul talk about um, what he plans and expects on his way to Spain. And then, but first I'm going to Jerusalem, taking a contribution to the poor saints there. So he's going to talk about that. And lastly, Paul's going to ask his kingdom family in Rome, pray for me, pray for me. So let's jump in. Hopefully that's giving you time to get the expanded Bible in front of you. So we are going to start first by reading verses one through four. Now you will hear me as I, I mentioned things like literal translation. And what does that mean? That means if we were to translate the text um, into uh, literally word for word that you could put certain words in its place. 
or you'll hear me give you different synonyms for the same word and that's just to bring a greater understanding or you'll hear me clarify something maybe like a location okay so you will hear that as I read along so we're starting with verse 15 we who are strong in faith or if you saw this if this was literally translated you would just see the word strong so we who are strong in faith should help Here's another way to think of help, bear with or be patient with the weak with their weaknesses. Well, what's another word for weakness? Failings or struggles and not please only ourselves. Let each of us please our neighbor, neighbors. Why? For their good. Why? To help them be stronger in faith. Here's a way to think of that. That means to edify them. That means to build them up. Verse three, if we were to read this literally, it would start with the word for. So in this translation, it starts with even Christ did not live to please himself. It was as the scripture said, here's the quote that Paul's going to use. When people insult you, it hurts me. Or literally, the insults of those who insulted you have fallen on me. You can find that in Psalm 69, 9. So if you're reading this in the King James Version, that's what you would see. The insults of those who insulted you have fallen on me. Okay, so let's keep reading. Verse 4. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. The scriptures give us patience or in other words endurance and encouragement so that we can have hope so again in verse four if you were reading that in the king james version you would see the word for it would start that off okay or some other uh, translation that has a word for word translation so what can you highlight highlight strong in faith highlight and not please only ourselves Highlight for their good to help them be stronger in faith. And lastly, highlight the scriptures, give us patience or endurance and encouragement. Now, remember, you can highlight whatever the Holy Spirit is highlighting for you in addition to what I'm actually stating. So first thing, strong in faith. My goodness, that's a good one. You know, I don't know about you, but there, there are times when, you know, we're, we, we waver because life challenges, difficulties, you know, and when Paul reminds us here to be strong in our faith. And then he says, why to do this? He says, because we can, we don't seek to please only ourselves. You know, I know Paul's talking about the previous chapter. He's talking about holidays and food and those individual beliefs, but we can also use this generally that we just don't live to please only ourselves. And that we highlight, let each of us please our neighbors. And why? For their good, because we're trying to help them. We're trying to help them just like we're trying to be strong in the faith. When we're strong, we help someone else. We edify them. We build them up. And then the scriptures give us patience, endurance, and encouragement. My goodness, if that's not a reason to read God's word, I don't know what it is. What is. Because it gives us endurance and it gives it, it encourages us as we read. So I hope you got a lot out of that. We just did the first four verses. So let's continue with verse five. Five, let's read five through eight together. Write down. May the patience and encouragement that come from God allow you to live in harmony with each other the way Christ or grant you the same attitude with each other that Christ Jesus had. So that's another way to think of that. Listen to that verse. Verse six, then you will all be joined together and you will give glory to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse seven, accept each another just as Christ accepted you. This will bring glory to God or another way you can think of this in this way. Christ brought glory to God. I tell you that Christ became a servant of the Jews to show what to show what that God's promises to the Jewish ancestors. What's another word for ancestors? Patriarch patriarchs or fathers are true. 
okay so in this this section we're gonna look at highlight out allow you to live in harmony with each other and then highlight that first part of verse 7 accept each another just as Christ accepted you so that we that's a good thing right there you know the first part we live in harmony with each other we might not agree on everything but we still can live in harmony with one another and we can accept each other okay and so in this verse if you were reading the King James Version in verse 5 you would see the phrase the God of patience and encouragement in verse 6 um, you would see the words so that in verse um, 7 you would see the words or phrase to the glory of God verse 8 if you're in the King James would start out with the word for okay and then also in verse 8 instead of seeing the word Jews you might see circumcised so that's a good way if especially if you're in a different translation or if you're using the King James Version that you could follow along but the main thing is to get the main thing and the main thing through 5 through 8 is saying we allow ourselves to live in harmony and we accept each other so here's a thought it is important that the body of Christ that we do all that we can do to maintain unity and that we hate a spirit of division a mindset listen to this quote this is found on the filament app that's f-i-l-a-m-e-n-t if you can find that in the google play store or in your ios app store i love that app it's called filament but here's a quote a mindset of harmony is important for christian unity that is so good all right let's look let's continue let's read verses just nine and ten so verse nine and he also did this who's the he that paul is talking about he's talking about jesus he also did this so that the Gentiles could give glory to God for the mercy he gives to, to them. It is written in the scriptures, so I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. Verse 10. The scripture also says, be happy, you Gentiles, together with his people. All right, so let's go back and look at this. Verse 9. Verse 9, the first sentence you would see in the King James or some other word-for-word -word translation, you would see it start off with just as. And then another way to think of um, in the quote where it says, so I will praise, you could think of, so I will confess you among the Gentiles. And then in your Bible, on your sheet, write down nations after Gentiles. That's just another word for anyone who is not Jewish by birth. He's talking to the nations. And then look, let's not forget the meaning of this. In verse 9, Paul is saying he did this, Jesus, so that all the rest of us who are not Jewish, that God would be merciful to us. My God, that's a hallelujah and a shout. And then Paul in verse 9, he is quoting Psalm chapter 18, verse 49. And then in verse 10, if you saw the literal translation, it would read the scripture also or the scripture and again it says. Okay. And then another word for, be, for happy is rejoice. Or celebrate and again for Gentiles another word is nations so Paul ends this with another quote and he's quoting from De Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 43 and then you can write down this cross-reference therefore I will give thanks to you O Lord among the Gentiles and sing uh, praises to your name that's what we did earlier we were just singing the goodness of God earlier. That's found in Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 50. And then we read this other cross-reference. Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and render vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide, here we go, atonement for his land and his people. Atonement, what does that mean? He, Christ Jesus paid the price so that we don't have to pay the price he has already shed his blood 
on our behalf. Okay, so let's continue. Let's read verses 11 through 13 together. Again, the scriptures say or says, all you Gentiles, praise the Lord. All you people sing praises to him. And Isaiah says, a new king will come from the family of Jesse. He will come to rule over the Gentiles and they will have hope because of him. I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much because you trust through your faith, through your faith in him. So let's look back. What can we highlight? Take your Bible, your highlighter and highlight praise the Lord in verse 11. Highlight sing praises to him. Go ahead and circle Isaiah so you can be reminded that Isaiah Paul is quoting from the prophet Isaiah. Highlight God who gives hope. Highlight joy and peace. And then highlight through your faith in him. So let's look at verse 11. When we look at verse 11, praise the Lord. That's for us. And sing praises to him. That is still for us. And so we don't do it. We praise the Lord. We thank him. And then he gives us another expression of how we praise him. Sing, sing, just sing. You don't have to qualify. You don't have to be on American Idol. America's Got Talent, your favorite uh, music show. You have been given a voice to lift up a voice and sing. Thank you. The Holy Spirit's reminding me that the rocks cannot cry out on our behalf. We have to lift, lift up our own individual voice giving praise and sing praises unto him and then also here's a comment that you can write down verse 12 the expanded bible gives us this you saw that word jesse or where it says the root of jesse will come or sprout you will see that way you can think of that same verse that same way and then here's the comment jesse was the father of king david Okay, so you can write that down so you'll remember. So when you see the word, a new king will come from the family of Jesse. Well, who was Jesse? Jesse was the father of King David. And who's the new king? Jesus Christ, right? God said he would give to David a kingdom that will never end, that will never end. And then again, we just know that he is the God. Look at verse 13. He is the God who gives hope. God, if you're finding yourself today in, in a hopeless situation, ask God to give you hope. He's the hope filling God. He's the God in verse 13 who gives us joy and peace joy and peace. How? How do we receive the joy and peace? It's there, but we have to receive it and we receive it. Look at what Paul tells us through our faith in him or because you trust, right? Because you trust in him. And so it, again, we just lift up a voice unto God. We lift up a voice unto God and we just give him praise for just being the good God that he is. And so here's the last phrase in verse 13. Then Paul says, your hope will overflow by the power. Listen to that of the Holy Spirit. Man, the God who gives hope when you trust in him, then your hope will overflow. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Not because of us, not because we do anything special, right? It's just who he is. So when you think about Paul and how he writes this letter, this comes from the Cultural Background Study Bible. And here's the quote. Those offering letters of advice or speeches of exhortation frequently expressed in their confidence in their addresses. This is expression helped the readers to listen more favorably to the rest of the letter and sometimes served as a polite way to make a request to instruct. The Greek term can also mean to admonish. This way considered gentler than rebuke and by delegating the task to them, Paul avoids appearing to reprove them. So in other words, 
Paul is writing in a way that he wants this letter to be received favorably. He didn't want to offend anybody, but he wants to get his point across. Paul's comment here, it, 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 it tells us a lot. So let's continue with verse uh, 14 and 15. Paul here is going to talk about his work. So he starts with, my brothers and sisters, I am sure, or in other words, fully convinced that you are indeed full of goodness. I know that you have all the knowledge you need and that you are able to teach each other. But I have written to you very openly about some things I wanted you to remember. Okay, so there I highlighted full of goodness. And I know you have all the knowledge you need. Highlight that. Um, find that in your translation because Paul is saying that today. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, been born again, you are full of goodness. We might not act good all the time. But by faith, receive the fact that you are full of goodness now that you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And that Paul is reminding us again today that he knows that we have all the knowledge we need today. If all you know is Jesus was buried and he got up, that's all the knowledge you need to help somebody else. So don't question yourself. Don't doubt. Don't wonder if you're equipped to help and to disciple and to teach somebody else. You can have all the knowledge that you need as you continue to put one foot instead of the in front of the other every day like this and just read God's word. And so if you are reading this, let's go back. Verse 14, circle the word sure and write fully convinced. Right. And then after the word where you see in the expanded Bible, all the knowledge you need in a literal translation, you would see it read filled with all knowledge. OK, circle the word teach. Another way to think about that is to instruct or to admonish or to warn. So we teach the gospel too to warn, to help those to miss the fire. <laughs> when we warn um, in verse 15, circle the word openly and write boldly, boldly. Paul is saying, remember that note that, hey, I'm writing you boldly about some things that I want you to remember. And he's saying some some points or in your version, it might say parts. So let's do a C-law. Let's talk a minute. My question to you today would be, well, actually, before we do, let's look first at um, this word that Paul, because remember, Paul said that we were full of goodness. And so I want to go back and just think about this for a moment when he says that we are full of goodness. And if again, this is Strong's. Right. So since we are in the New Testament, it's a Greek word. It's Strong's G19 and it's a word that means goodness. So when you hear Paul say you're full of goodness, he is using the original word, the Greek word G19. And what does that mean? He's saying that there's an uprightness of heart in life. And you can go on BibleHub.com and see this and type in G19 or even on the Internet. Type in G, type in Greek word uh, G19 and see what you find. But it says uprightness of heart and life. That means goodness. That means kindness. So he says you're filled with that. You're filled with the uprightness of heart and life, not because of who we are, but because who he is. And so there's words there if you pulled it up on the Internet and it would be A-G-A-T-H-O-S-Y-N-E. And I'm going to try my best, but I believe it's Ag-Ath-O-Sun-E. OK, that's how you. And so what does that word mean? Beneficence. Beneficence. That's a word for goodness or uprightness of heart and life. Goodness, kindness. And so that, again, that just helps us to get a deeper understanding when we do, we stop and do a word study. So here's our law moment. Here's our question. So I might've already given you some hints. Maybe you can journal this answer in your journal. 
because you might not feel like you're full of goodness. You might, you know, we do things sometimes that don't, it didn't please God, but Paul said we're full of goodness. So the question is how, when we're, you know, who we are, sometimes we make mistakes. How can we receive that? How can we know that we are still full of goodness? So I want you to jot that down. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you and give you um, answers. So let's continue reading. He says, I did this. This is Paul writing still this letter. I did this because God gave me this special gift. Okay. He's continuing on from verse 15. Remember in verse 15, he says, but I've written you very openly and boldly. And then he tells us why he says, I did this. Paul says this because God gave me this special gift to be a minister of Christ Jesus to who the Gentiles. Then Paul goes on. I served God by teaching. Look at this. His good news. Why? So that the Gentiles could be an offering that God would accept. An offering made holy by the Holy Spirit. My goodness. So if you are not Jewish and I'm not, I'm just shouting over here. Because Paul said, this is why I did it. This is why I do what I do. So in this highlight, verse 16, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. That is powerful. And so one way, again, Paul, when you listen to that, he says, God gave me the special gift. Go ahead and write in your journal or Bible. Another way to think of this is, or of the grace God gave me. So a lot of times we think of grace as grace of God being good to us. And that's true. But sometimes grace is used as another word for ability. So it's like saying, Paul is saying, God gave me this special ability to be a minister of Christ Jesus. So what is the special ability God has given you? What grace has he's given you? Paul is saying, I serve God and I did this by, by teaching like what we're doing, the good news. And, and he did, did it to a special group of people. He was set aside for the nations, for you and for me. So again, that's just something to shout about. Pause if you need to right here on the podcast. So let's read verses 17 through 19 together. 17 through 19 together. So Paul continues. So I am proud of what I've done for God in Christ Jesus. I will not talk about anything except what Christ has done through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God. They have obeyed God because of what I have said and done because of the power of miracles and the great things they saw. And because of the power of the spirit of God. So highlight. So I am proud right there. I want to say, You know, my comment when I was writing and studying was, you know, I appreciate that Paul, he doesn't travel down this road of false humility. You know, sometimes we don't know how to say, you know, God, I am proud that, you know, but we don't let that proud being proud become pride. Those are two different things. Right. And Paul even tells us, "I, I have reason to boast. But then he says, I will not dare talk about anything except what Christ has done through me. So you can be proud of the things that God has allowed you to do in the kingdom of God. We don't let it turn into pride, but we can be happy and content that God even saw fit to use us. You know, I don't know about you, but I can actually say that, you know, that there's a humility there. So We also look at verse 19, where in verse 19, again, he goes back and he says, because of the power of miracles, because of the power and of of miracles. And he always ends it with the spirit of God. And so we should, too. So let's continue Um, reading. He's continuing on with verse 19. Again, this is the expanded Bible. I have finished my work of preaching the good news from Jerusalem all the way around. Listen to this location, Illyricum. 
say it with me one more time, Illyricum. So where is Illyricum? It is a Roman province northwest of Macedonia. Or in other words, that would be, if you look at a map, Albania, Serbia, and Montenegro. Okay, so let's continue on. So verse 20, I always want to preach the good news, Paul says, in places where people have never heard of Christ because I do not want to build on the work someone else has already started, but it is written in the scriptures. And we pause right there. So let's highlight, I have finished my work and then let's highlight to preach the good news. And so again, we let it apply to us. What work is it that we also need to finish. And we're going to think about that in a minute. So I'm going to move on for right now, but look at what he's saying after he's saying, I'm proud. I'm thankful for the grace God has given me. He says, I finished my work. I know what what work I had to do. I had to preach the good news. I had to preach the good news. Nothing else. I had to preach the good news. So, um, we just continue on with this. Let's think about it for a moment. Let's just think about it for a moment. What, when we reflect on Paul, here's a question. Write down this answer in your journal. And we're going to end here. And we can pick back up. You can pick back up in part two of this on Romans, actually, chapter 15. Here's the question that we will end with you today. What work or assignment is God calling you to finish? And then if you don't know the assignment, that's okay. It takes, you know, it might take a minute, but just start seeking God and asking him, God, what work with Paul, you had him preach. What work, God, do you have for me to do? Is there a work that you haven't started? Is there a work you need to finish? Or is it that you just plain don't know? Believe me, I have been there too, through all of them. So in your journal, as we end this session, what work? Like Paul, he knew he was to preach. What is it that God is calling you and enabling you and giving you the grace to do on behalf of his kingdom, on behalf of his name? So we will end here, put a marker right here. You can continue on with the second part of Romans chapter 15 and we are going to pick up with verse 26. We won't have many verses to go. It ends at verse 33. So be blessed and praise God. I praise God for you and for you stepping, stopping by and listening to this podcast. Be blessed and amen.